Okay, so with, uh, if memory serves correct, I think uh, this morning is being sponsored by the Baron family. So they shall be zeicha to Nachas and Bracha and Simcha. So, uh, so last we get a little bit of a break, but uh, we'll continue back into the sugya of Chol Yomayse Mashiach, and specifically the one particular aspect of Yomayse Mashiach that we've been talking about is the Indian of the Malchus of the Jewish people, the Kingdom of the Jewish people, and so. We, we spent some time, about, about a month or so, talking about this concept of the Jewish people, the Malchus, the kingdom of the Jewish people. You know, there's, there's individual Jews, and then there's the kingdom of the Jewish people. And we talked about how, how during Gaulus we might not experience that Malchus of the Jewish people, but the Malchus of the Jewish people might go away, it went into hiding. And we talked about this in, in depth, that it goes into hiding to each and every Jew, and the strength that that gives every single individual Jew during Gaulus both in, in, in Tyra and in our ability to overcome the Yitzhahara, and uh, in all sorts of ways. We talk about taking Chatzais, finding that Nakuda, that Nakuda of good within the person, that's the Nakuda of Kal Yisrael, the Nakuda of Malchus Yisrael. So we spent some time on that. But for, for this morning, what I want to talk about is what exactly is this Indian of Kal Yisrael? Like we've been talking about, okay, so there's this concept of, that's called Kal Yisrael, the Malchus of the Jewish people, more than just individuals, but this like some total reality organism that's called Knesset Yisrael. And so we've been talking about where to go. Did it, did it disappear? Is it no longer in existence, Chas The answer is no, it's within each person. But we, we haven't yet really identified exactly what it is. What it is. Like, so we, 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 we talked about maybe the effects of such an organism, such a reality, the power that comes from it, but, but what is it exactly? So that's what we're going to be talking about uh, this morning a little bit, to be able to, to define exactly what is this thing that's called Knesset Yisrael. We know what a Jew is, but what is this when you put all the Jews together, you know what I mean, and you come up with this thing that's called Knesset Yisrael, like what is that? So that's what we'll talk about. So the, the first, we'll, we'll investigate this in Halacha, and then we'll move into Primus where it takes us. So... The way we're going to do this is like this. There's a, the, the beginning part is based on a, a sikh of Nalavad Not completely, but at least based on it. So we're going to investigate in Halacha sort of the origins of Malchus Yisrael, the kingdom of the Jewish people. You'll see what I mean. So take a look at Marambaka number one. This is a Rambam in Hilchah's base of Achir. Okay? So the actual Halacha that the Rambam mentions over here is really not for us, but there's something that he says in passing in the context of this Halacha that's going to be relevant for us. So the Rambam says like this, Ein sifin al-i'ir, al-i'ir, oyal azaris, that if the Jewish people want to make an extension on Yerushalayim, right? Let's say Yerushalayim has its boundaries. They want to extend the borders of Yerushalayim or they want to extend the borders of the Beis HaMikdash. So it's not just a matter of, uh, you know, of a municipality question. This is Kedusha. Yerushalayim has a certain status in Halacha, and the Beis HaMikdash certainly has a status in Halacha. If they want to expand the borders, so says the Rambam, they're allowed to do that with certain conditions. El al pi hamelach, it has to be with the authority of the king. El al pi navi, there has to be also the authority of a navi involved. Ubur in vetumim, also the king gadol wearing them vetumim. Val pi sanhedrin shel shiv me'echad zekeinim, and also with the sanhedrin. So if you have the Melech, the Navi, the Kain Gadol, and the Sanhedrin all on board, then you could make an expansion of Yerushalayim or the Azar. Shanamar says the Rambam, how do I know such a thing? So it says in Pasuk that Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Kechol Asherani Maro Eischa, all the things that I've shown you in Har Sinai, in other words, the vision of the Mishkan and all of its, uh, all of its structure and measurements, 
That's what I showed you in Har Sinai. The Chain Tasil Dairas. And just as you made the Mishkan now and established the boundaries of the Mishkan, that's just, it has to be similar to that forever. In other words, in other words, what Rashi, what, what the Ram is telling us is, is that the ability to establish Yerushalayim or the Beis Amigdash and to reconfigure its measurements, it has to be done, it could only be done if there's a Moshe Rabbeinu personality involved. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe and Aaron. So Moshe is the Navi. Aaron was the Kain Gadol. Moshe is like a Sanhedrin. And says the Rambam, Moshe Rabbeinu Melachaya. And Moshe Rabbeinu was a king. Moshe Rabbeinu was a king. So the, the halacha that they're... All of them together? You need all of them, not in the same person, but you need all of them to be involved. And Moshe Rabbeinu was involved, Moshe Rabbeinu was a king. Oh. So the, 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 what we see from this realm that's relevant for us is the realm is telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu was a king. Moshe Rabbeinu had the status of a king. It means that the first Jewish king was not David Melech, it wasn't even Shola Melech. The first Jewish king was Moshe Rabbeinu. Was Moshe Rabbeinu. Now the realm is not making this up. This is based on a Chazal. It says in Pasuk in, in Sefer, Dvarm, all the way at the end, Vahi Bishur Melech Besasef Rashiyam describing the Jewish people being gathered together by a king. And Chazal say, who is the melech that this Pesach is referring to? Zem Moshe. Okay, and the Ramam is taking this seriously, that the, that the Moshe Rabbeinu had the status of the king, Ad Kedekach, that he had the ability to expand the borders of the Mishkan and Beis Amigdash and so on, because he was halachically a king. Not only was Moshe Rabbeinu a king, says the Ramam in Marmokim number two, is in Hilchas Malachim, Perak Aleph, Halachi Gimel, the Ramam says the laws of kings, Ein ma'amid in melech, in order to establish a king, says the Rambam, b'tchil elpi bezin shel shivim ve'echad, shivim zekeinim, v'alpi navi. Says the Rambam, to establish a king, you need the consensus of the Sanhedrin, you need the permission of the Sanhedrin, and you need a prophet. What's the example of a person being established a king after it was decided by the Sanhedrin and a navi? Ki Yoshua, just like Yeshua Benun, sheminehu Moshe Rabbeinu Bezdinai, that was appointed as the new king by Moshe Rabbeinu, and his Bezdin, which was a Sanhedrin, and a Navi. Uk is Shol, or just like Shol, the David, and David, Shaminam Shmuel, Haramasi, Bezdin. They were appointed kings by Shmuel, who was a Navi, and his Bezdin, which is a Sanhedrin. So again, what the Ram is telling us is, very clear, is that Yeshua Benun was also a king. So Yeshua Benun is being established as a king. How, how, how can he be established as a king, says the Ramam? Because Moshe Rabbeinu, with his Bezdin, made him a king. So from these Ramans we see clearly, it's a Chiddush, that Moshe and Yeshua had the halachic status of being a king. They had the halachic status of a king. It's a Chiddush. It's a Chiddush. Again, we usually think of, of kings starting by Shaul HaMelech or David HaMelech. It says Ram, no. It was already from, from Moshe and Shaul. Moshe and Yeshua. Not only is this the Rambam, other Rishonim hold like this as well. If you take a look at Maramukha number three, still the Rashbam, the Rashbam in Meseches Baba Basra, Ayin Hei Amid Aleph, so he's quoting a Gemara. There's a Gemara over there. It's a famous statement of the Gemara. The Gemara says that when Moshe Rabbeinu was Nifter, or like when the transition was happening between Moshe and Yeshua, so the Gemara says that the, the elders of the generation said, I don't know if they said it verbally, or this is what they were thinking, comparing Moshe to Yeshua was like a big design going from the sun of Moshe to the moon of Yeshua Benun. That's the Gemara says, So says the Rashbam, Shabizman Muat, what's the Busha? What's the Busha? Yeshubanun is Kavadik Sadik. But says the Rashbam, Shabizman Muat, then it's such a short time, Amish, you know, it's one thing when there's like you read the Sadaris over generations, so you sort of you don't feel it. But when it's like, you know, falling off a cliff immediately, 
it makes it uh, that much more uh, dramatic. Shabazman mut, that in a short amount of time, the smaita covet kolkach, that the covet and the glory of Jewish leadership descended from Moshe to Yeshua. Sure, Yeshua hayen navi umelech k'Moshe, says the Rashbam, because Yeshua was a navi, and he was also a melech, just like Moshe. So he's taking over the role of Moshe Rabbeinu, but he's not Moshe Rabbeinu. And what is the role of Moshe that Yeshua was taking over, says Rashbam, navi and melech. So it's clear, again, just like the Rambam, that Moshe and Yeshua have the status of a king. <clears throat> now, th- there's a problem with this. The problem is, is that if you take a look at the Rambam in the Laws of Kings, when he talks about what's necessary to establish a king, so, so in Maramukha number two, he mentioned the, that you need a Sanhedrin and a Navi involved. That's true. But there's another thing that you need that's essential in order to establish a king, and that is the Shem and Amishra, anointing oil. You need to anoint the, the person that's a king. That's what happened with David. That's what happened with Shaul. Shevna Mishcha. You need anointing oil. And in fact, this is what the Rambam writes in Marmach number four. This is also in Hilchas Malachim. Kishma Midin Melech. So again, the Sanhedrin and the Navi are necessary to, you know, to sort of decide this is the person. But now that you actually want to make this person a king, you now have to use Shevna Mishcha to anoint him. So says the Rambam, Kishma Midin Melech. When you establish a king, You have to anoint him with the anointing oil. Shenemar says in Pasach, V'yikach Shmuel as Pach that Shmuel took the anointing oil, V'yitzak al Raishai, and poured it over the head of Shol HaMelech, V'yishakeo and kissed him, and established him as a king. So the problem is, the problem is, if in the halachas of establishing a king, we don't find that Moshe Rabbeinu was anointed, we don't find Yeshua was anointed. The truth is, what we do find is that, it's, again, it says in, in, in Parashas Pinchas a couple of weeks ago, that when Yeshua Benun was appointed, so what's the whole story? So Moshe Rabbeinu is told by the Rabbani Shalom, you're not going to make it to Eretz Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, so, so fine, so if I'm not going to make it to Eretz Yisrael, then tell me who's going to take over me. In other words, who's going to be the next king, right, in this context? Moshe is the king, who's going to be the next king? So Hashem says, it's Yeshua Benun. So what is the Rabbani, so, and, and so how do you... Uh, how do you establish? How do you establish? There you go. Thanks. How do you establish Yeshua as the next king? So it says in Pesach. It doesn't say anything about the Shem and Amishcha, anointing oil or anything like that. I'm stalling for a second. So uh, it says in Pesach like this: Hashem Hashem says to Yeshua take Yeshua Benun, the Samach and give him smicha, give him smicha. The bring him in front of the the Yisrael. By giving him smicha, you'll place your splendor upon him. Everyone's going to listen to him right now, you know, going forward. That's what we find. Now, smicha, that's, that's also an appointment. Smicha also establishes someone as a leader, but smicha is usually in the context of what? Of making someone an abezdin, making someone a rabbi, giving him smicha, to be part of a Sanhedrin or something. So that's what we find that Moshe gave Yeshua. We don't find anything in, in the context of Shem HaMeshcha at all. So that's why when you read the simple psukim, it, you would just think of Yeshua Benun as a leader in terms of like, uh, like a bezdin, like he was head of the Sanhedrin or something. He, was, he got smicha from Moshe. But a king, the Allah is, you need Shem HaMishcha. So things like this. You could make the argument that maybe Shem HaMishcha was only used for Malchus based David. But the truth is, it's not like that. The Ramam we just read described the source of the concept of giving Shem HaMishcha from, from Shmuel giving to Shol HaMelech. 
That's before David HaMelech. So clearly, Shemun HaMishchu was necessary. So that's the big Shaila. If, if Moshe and Yeshua, are, according to Rambam and the Rajman, have a lochic status of kings, where do we find them having Shemun HaMishchu? We don't find such a thing. The truth is because of this, if you take a look at Maramukha number 6, so there's a Drosh Haran. The Ran, famous uh, Rabbeinu Nisim, in the back of the Gemaras, the Sfardash, from that world of the Ramban, Rajva, that base Medrash, so we have a sefer called Drushes and Ran, right? The Ran's Drushes, and he gave. It was a question at some point too: Is this the same Ran? Is it a different Ran? We usually assume it's the same Ran as the back in the Gemara. So Drushes and Ran. So it's a gadata, you know, hashkafa. So in the Drushes and Ran, Drushyud Aleph. So he says the following thing: Drushyud Aleph is a fascinating Drush. It's talking about, it's talking about, you know, um, basically the, a Jewish government. What a Jewish government should look like. Its authority. It's fascinating. So over there, he talks about the history a little bit. And he says as follows, Kasher loy haya melech b'Yisrael. Says the Ran, Rabbi Nisim. Back in time, before Sholem Melech, before Dover Melech, when we didn't have a king, so Hashayfet, the judge, that's a, during, during the, the book of Judges, we had, we had leaders, but they weren't technically kings. They were just leaders. They, 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 you know, the Jewish people need to, we, we were in a difficult uh, spot, so someone emerged as a leader. So Hashayfet yichlo shnei kaiches. So he says, at those, at those days, there was no official king, but you had a leader, and he had to wear many hats. He had to wear many hats. And he had to sort of function and act like a judge in terms of being a, a leader, like a Torah leader, a religious leader. And also he had to function sort of like a king. Even though he wasn't really a king, they were just, you know, what are you going to do? You got you to take care of things. Says, says the Ran, in that phenomenon of there being a leader, sort of just filling in the role of a king or the role of a shayfet without really technically being one, says the Ram that wasn't just during that time of us in Eretz Yisrael before Malchus was established. Says the Ram, That's exactly what Yeshua was. Says the Ram, Yeshua was not a king. Yeshua was a leader. Uh, you know, a leader, you gotta, you gotta do a lot of stuff. So he, he, he acted, you know, in terms of practicality, he did stuff like a king would do, but, but he wasn't really a king. Even though he wasn't a king. And says they're on the same thing with Moshe. Moshe and Yeshua were not kings. Practically speaking, they were in charge. So uh, for all practical purposes, they were, you know, they're like kings. But they weren't actually kings. Huh? So, so this is not this, this is the Ram. So the Rashbam and the Rambam are not like that. They say Mamish uh, king. That's the Pasha's what they say. It's Mamish king. So again, the reason why the Ran is saying this, why is the Ran saying this? Why is the Ran telling us that Moshe and Yeshua, they, they acted like kings, they were Lamaisalis, but they weren't actually kings. Well, how did, why not? Well, the answer is again, because they weren't anointed with Shaman and Mishra, so they can't become a king. So, okay, so the Ran makes sense. But the question is going back. Again, the Rambam and the Rashbam, that said, no, 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 the Mamish were kings. Moshe was a king. Yeshua was a king, Imamish king. So the question is, where do we, how could you become a king without Shem and we all, all we find with Yeshua Benu, for example, is Smicha. We don't find that that's not enough to make a person a king. That's enough to make a person a member of Sanhedrin. Not, not more than that. Okay, so it's like this. So I'll share with you a Torah that we find in Maramukha number 7 from the Magal Amukas. The Magal Amukas was a great, great Makubal in, uh, in uh, what should we call it, in, uh, in Poland. In the 1500s, Krakow, so the 1600s. So he, he says like this. You don't have this in front of you, but let me just let me just read again the pasuk that in that in that so that parsha parsha's Pinchas where it talks about Moshe Rabbeinu requesting from Hashem like who's going to be the next leader, next king, next leader, whatever you want to call it. So the pasuk says like this. 
It's an interesting answer. Vayidaber Moshe Hashem Lamer. It's interesting. Usually it's Vayidaber Hashem Moshe Lamer. Vayidaber Moshe Hashem Lamer. And this is the language. Yivka Hashem Lokeruch is a Chalbaser Ishalayta. Hashem, you should appoint a person that's going to take over after me. And this is the, the Pasuk over here. Asher Yetzi Lofneham, Vasha Yav Lofneham. Someone that's going to go out before them and come in before them. Go out and in before them. He's going to lead them. Vasha Yetzi and Vasha Yuvim. Someone that's going to bring them out and bring them in. So he says it twice. He says it twice. Asher Yetzi Lofneham, Vasha Yav Lofneham. Asher Yetzi and Vasha Yuvim. So that, that's the question that the, it's one of the questions that the Megal Mukas is dealing with, what's the double Lashon? The other question they deals with is like this. We know that, according to the Rashi brings down already from Chazal, that Moshe Rabbeinu was, was hoping, he was hoping that his own children, or his one of his children, would be appointed as the next leader. And Hashem Yisbrach said, no, I'm sorry, it's not going to be your children, it's going to be Yeshua Benu. That's what Chazal say, Rashi brings it down. So the next question the Megal Mukas is dealing with is that why is Moshe Rabbeinu so surprised by that? We find hints already going back to earlier, earlier times that, that not only did the Rabbanu Shalom hint to Moshe that Yeshua is going to be the next leader, but Moshe Rabbeinu seems to know it too. For example, when, when the Egel Hazav is happening, right? So Yeshua Benun is, is by Har Sinai. He's not with the rest of Kal Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from the mountain, right, with the Luchas. And he comes to, and he meets, and he goes, he meets Yeshua Benun first. And Yeshua Benun says to Moshe, I hear the sound of war in the, uh, by, by the camp. Right? And Moshe says, no, 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 that's not war, that's not celebration, that's the sound of Averis. And so it's like a funny, weird conversation to have over there. And Ra- Chazal say that Moshe Rabbeinu told Yishuv listen, you're going to be the next leader. You have to be able to, to have a good ear, to be able to understand what's really going on by the, by the people. You have to be able to have a good ear to discern. Is this war? Is this good? Is it bad? It's like a little bit of a training moment. So, we see, so you see clearly already that going back to Harsinai, Moshe knew that Yeshua was going to be the one to take over. So what's going on there? All of a sudden now he's hoping his children, but he wanted to, he wanted to reject Yeshua and put in his children instead. So these are the questions. So take a look at Marmok number seven. So the Gala Mukis again, in Parshish Pinchas, Yivkar Hashem Malakei Ruchas L'chol Basar Ishvayi, the request of Moshe Rabbeinu, that Rabbanu Shem should appoint a person to take over. Yesh Lachshis, so effect of the Gala Mukis, Heich Alal Das Moshe, Shabonav Yirshu Kisrei, what was Moshe Rabbeinu thinking that his children would take over? As Chazal said, he was hoping that his children would do it. It was, the Rabbanish already hinted to Moshe, and Moshe picked up on hints that Yeshua is going to be the one to eat the fruit. And Yeshua Benun is going to be the one to take over. And the halach is, we have a Mishnah, and so Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to, get, you know, to try to have his kids t- you know, uh, finagle their way in. That's not right. If Yeshua Nun was appointed, it's going to be Yeshua Nun. So Manusha, if he didn't, if, if he's putting, if he's trying to get his kids in, it means he doesn't realize that Yeshua is supposed to be there. He, he should know already. So what's going on? Avul in So it says the Magal Mukas and Mardigah thing. Ram Moshe Ve'ayla, Moshe Rabbeinu saw in Jewish history, Shakol Nivru Zugais, the whole world, and he saw this in Jewish history, that everything is with pairs. Very rarely do you have one, you know, one person or one thing that, that 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 wears two hats. Usually we have we have pairs. The says Magalamukas, and that's what we find in future generations. In other words, says Magalamukas like this. When Yisrael comes to Eretz Yisrael, there are two seats of authority. We have the Sanhedrin, and their job is to teach Tyrant to Paschal Allah, that's the Sanhedrin. And there is a leader of the Sanhedrin, that's called the Av Bezdin, or the Nasi. 
called the Avbezin, the head of the Sanhedrin. And then you also have authority that's called the Melech. And throughout Jewish history, those are always two separate bodies. Those are two separate uh, you know, uh, branches of government. That's what it is. You have the Sanhedrin on one side, and you have the Melech on the other. And they, the Sanhedrin has its Indian, and the Melech has his, has his Indian. And you have, a, the Sanhedrin is not just a body of 70 people. You have a person that's, that's the head of the Sanhedrin, he's the Avbezin, and you have the Melech. That's always the way it was. It's always the way it was. And so, so says Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu's thinking is, that that's what's going to be now. And so Moshe Rabbeinu's thinking, when he asked this request of let's establish a new leader, he wasn't just thinking one person. He was thinking, we're going to have two people. We're going to have one person as far as the leadership of Sanhedrin, and you're going to have another person that's going to be the Melech. And so says, says like, Moshe Rabbeinu's intention was, just like we, we will find in Jewish history, Moshe Rabbeinu was thinking, that's the way it's going to be. Hainu. It's a little bit of a mistake. And so says Magal Mukas, this is the request of Moshe. Let's establish leaders, which is the way it's supposed to be. One entire, one Sanhedrin, head of the Sanhedrin, and one being the Melech that's going to be involved in, in warfare and domestic stuff and, and you know, government, government uh, issues. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk. So remember the question was the double Ashen, right? It says Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem, you should appoint a person. Asher yitzlof nehem, asher yavlof nehem, asher yitzim, asher yivin. What's the double lashon? The answer is it's two separate people. That's what Moshe is thinking. You can have one person that's going to go out and in, meaning lead them in terms of Torah. That's the av av Sanhedrin, and you have another person, asher yitzim, asher yivin, in terms of mochama and uh, you know government affairs and so on. That'll be the melech, and then that's that's the way it was throughout Jewish history. And that's Moshe Rabbeinu's thinking. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu was not trying to get Yishuv Benon out of the job and offer his kids instead. There's two, there's two, there's two jobs over here. So, of course, Yishuv Benon is going to take over in terms of Sanhedrin. But Moshe Rabbeinu is thinking, okay, but my kids can take over in terms of Melech. So what's Hashem's response? The Heishev Le'ekadosh Baruch Hu, second to last line in Marmachim number seven, the Heishev Le'ekadosh Baruch So Hashem responds to him, Tzavis Yeshua. Yishuv Benon is going to have both jobs. That Yeshua Benun is going to be the king, and he's also going to be the head of the Sanhedrin, Yisrael. The Chacham Shalhem B'Tayra. He'll be the again the Melech and the Avbezin and the, the Chacham and Tyra. The Chazkeu B'Tayra. Strengthen him in that role of Tyra. V'Amseyu and give him courage in the neck in the role of Melech in terms of Milchama. Says and then this, and this is the line that's interesting. Says the Megal Mukas and Hashem is telling to Moshe Rabbeinu because he can't have two kings wearing the same crown. It has to be one person. But it's not the same crown. It's not the same crown. Oh, oh. So, so things like this again. So let's, let's understand. Moshe Rabbeinu L'chaira, is requesting a, a very something that, that makes a lot of sense. Not only is it is it reasonable, it's something that you're going to find once you get to Eretz Yisrael. David Melch is the king. He's not the Avos and Hedron. Sholom Elch is the king. He's not the Avos and Hedron. There's always the Nasi, there's always the leader in terms of the Melech, and there's the Avbezdin. It's always the way it is. And Moshe Ben is thinking, okay, let's do that right now. Says the Shalom, no, 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 no. Right now, it's Yeshua Benun alone, because you can't have such a thing. It has to be, you can't have two people wearing the same crown, it has to be one person. So, what's going on in here? What we're seeing from the Megal Mukas is a Chiddush, which is, and this is, and this is clear, and this is how Lubavitch explained it also, which is, that although later on in Jewish history you had these two separate branches, these two separate inyanim, you have the Sanhedrin with its Avbezin, and you have the Melech. And when you have these two branches, then there's two different ways to appoint them. For the Avbezin, it's with smicha, 
And with the melech, it's l'shem and amishcha. It's a two separate, uh, two separate functions, two separate jobs, two separate ways of appointing. But what the Chiddush is, that what we're seeing over here, is that if you want to retrace the origins of Melech, the Melech, in the, in the beginning, in the earlier stages of Moshe and Yeshua, the Melech was seen, that role of king, was seen as sort of part and swallowed up in the job of Avbezdin. And therefore, you, you, the, the, even though later on, when we get to Eretz Yisrael, all of a sudden, the Melech aspect of that job sort of takes its own identity and sort of emerges out and now you have a, a, its own king and now you have two separate bodies with two separate jobs and two separate appointments that's not the way it was originally in its origin state it started off as Moshe and Yeshua being a king and that king that kingship of Moshe Rabbeinu and Yeshua Benun was a kingship in terms of Sanhedrin in terms of being the leader of Tyra and subsumed in that Nichlo in that was being a king as we think of it in terms of uh, warfare and politics and so on. He was part of that. And, the, and, and only later on did that aspect of Melech that was until now sort of nullified and bottled in the role of Av Bezdin, did it emerge on its own and have its own identity. But in those earlier generations of Moshe and Yeshua, the, 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 these two jobs were, were merged as one. And the Melech aspect of the job was completely nullified in the Av Bezdin aspect of the job. Therefore, when it comes to establishing Yeshua Benun as the next leader, as the king, he was the king. But the definition of Melech was, was subsumed, was bottle in the definition of Av, in the role of Av Bezdin. Therefore, by giving Yeshua Benun smicha and establishing as the Av Bezdin, contained within that was Melech. Contained within that was Melech. Only later on, when we get to Eretz Yisrael, is that aspect of Melech that was until now sort of bottle in the role, in the job of Av Bezdin, does it emerge on its own to be its own Indian? When it's its own Indian, that it needs its own requirements, Shem and Mishra, and so on. But in those earlier generations of Moshe and Yeshua, it's one thing. And therefore, this is what's going on over here. Moshe Rabbeinu was thinking that, yeah, me, Moshe Rabbeinu, I am the Av Bezdin, I'm the head of, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, uh, the, the embodiment of Torah law, and I'm also the embodiment of, and, 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 and part of that, complete, complete, sort of nullified within that, is my definition as a melech. But he was thinking that already after him, it's going to start this union of those two bodies being split up. But says Rabbanish, no, 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 that's not, not yet, not yet. After Yeshua, it'll be like that. But Yeshua Benun is still going to be that, that Nakuda. And this is, and, you know, and, and this is what we find that's unique to Moshe Rabbeinu and to Yeshua Benun, is the fact that they were a Melech. And this is the Nakuda over here. They were a king. They had the halachic status of a king. But the definition of a Melech at that time was, it didn't stand on its own two feet. It was subsumed. It was bottled. It was, it was part of the umbrella job and umbrella uh, uh, status of Avbezdin, of Avbezdin, as being the leader of Tyra in terms of the head of the Sanhedrin. So Nichlal in that, and under that umbrella, is your identity as a Melech. Only again, when we get to Eretz Yisrael, does it emerge on its own from under that umbrella, and it emerges on its own. That's the, that's the side of here, that's what we see from the Galamukas, and that's the definition. So going back, again, that's why, to establish Moshe and Yeshua's kings, you don't need Shevna Mishcha, you need, you need Smicha. You need to establish them as leaders of Torah, and, and at that time, Malchus was bottle in that, and then only later on does it emerge on its own. When it emerges on its own, then it needs Shevna Mishcha properly to give it its own sort of identity.
Akan, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the aside. Now, by the way, the Babacheri also pointed out, he said that this is something, he, 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 he said, like, this could only have been with Maisha and Yeshua. It could only have been with Maisha and Yeshua. He says, why? He says, because every, every, any, after Maisha and Yeshua, what's unique to Maisha and Yeshua, even in terms of Torah, and in terms of their place as a Sanhedrin, is that they weren't just the heads of, you know, a group of 70 Zakanim. Like, the definition of a king is that a king is by himself. So what's unique to Maisha is that Maisha was a Sanhedrin. Moshe was a Sanhedrin. It's not like he had a, you know, a membership card like everyone else. He happens to be, he was seen, the senior member. No, Moshe Rabbeinu was a Sanhedrin. He was the embodiment of Torah. And the same thing with Yeshua Benun. He's the only one, for example, the Rebbe points this out, that if you look in the Rambam in his introduction to Mishnah Torah, the Rambam talks about all the, the, the chain of the Messiah, from Moshe to Yeshua, all the way down to the times of the Rambam. And the Rebbe points out something interesting. He says, if you look at all the people in the Messiah, the Ramam always mentions the person in charge, but he also, he always says, that person, ubeis dinai. That person, ubeis dinai. Or that person and his chaveirin. The only one person outside of Moshe Rabbeinu that's just singled out specifically without, and his bezdin as being in charge, it was Yeshua. Moshe and Yeshua are the only members of, the, of, of that chain of Messiah in terms of Torah that are, that, that, that they are the leaders without being part of another group. Like, that's it. That's who they are. So says the Rebbe, therefore it's only, therefore the, you, you, only by them can, can the definition of Melech be seen as sort of part of the umbrella job of, of their leadership in Torah, because their leadership of Torah is also a Melech Dikeinian. Like you can't have two kings, you can't have three kings, you can't have 70 kings, that you're just like the head of the king. Like a king means, the only, there's only one king, that's what a king means. So it, by everyone else, even their role in Torah is not they themselves, it's them as part of a, a larger group, so you can so, so their definition of Melech can't be part of that, but by Moshe and Yeshua that their, their, their identity their, their power in terms of Torah was singularity, was like they're the only ones in charge, it's Moshe and Yeshua and that's it so then part of that uh, singular power you can also define them as a Melech in other terms, but if you, a person that in their Torah power in their Torah leadership, they're just part of a Sanhedrin, then you can't say that their malchus is part of that because melech means they're the only one in charge and their Torah leadership is not that they're the only one in charge but Maishi and Shua, they were the only ones in charge in, ter- in terms of Torah so because of that their Torah can be seen as a, ru- as a place that malchus can fit that's the, that's the Zort okay, so, so now let's, let's see what this, what this tells us about malchus Yisrael again, well, that's what we started off with, with from the beginning we're trying to, to identify what's the definition of Knesset Yisrael What's the definition of Malchus Yisrael? How do we define that? And so what, we're, what we saw just now is that Malchus Yisrael, in truth, does, it, when it, 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 might, it might eventually sort of take on its own identity, but in its root, where it really comes from, it doesn't exist on its own. The, the root of Malchus Yisrael is just part right, of that, of that, uh, of that uh, uh, domain that's called Tyra. That's, that, that's really what it is, right? That domain that's called Av Bezin, that's called the leadership of Tyra, it's Moshe and Yeshua. Malchus really begins as just a part of that, just, a, just a sort of nullified within that. So what does that tell us about Knesset Yisrael? <clears throat> so take a look at Maramachus number 8. Okay, this is a piece from Ratzadik in Sefer Daivar Tzadik. Okay, it's going to be 
I'm just going to, I'm not going to explain, we're just going to read the words. We'll see where it takes us. Bresh parakates and mevarchim. So he first quotes the Gemara in Brachis. The Gemara says, it's an interesting drush, the Gemara, it's based on a Pasuk that describes the Jewish people. A Yid has a father and a mother. So it says in, it says in Chazal like this, Aviv HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Imai Knesset Yisrael. That the father is the Rabbani Shalom and the mother is Knesset Yisrael. So what does that mean? So it says like this, V'yidua, it's known. Kichela Kashem Amai. That the, the Jewish people, Kichela Kashem Amai, every single Yid has a Chela Kilakamima, right? A piece of, a piece of Hashem. So, Kivyochel. Shinefosh Yisrael and Chela Kilakamima, we know that the, the soul of the Jewish people in its root is, uh, is Kivyochel, a piece of, the, an extension of the Rabbani Shalom. Mashakasa Vani Hashem, Hashaychen Itam. Uchela Kilakamima, Amish, Hashaychen Bekerev, Kloyas, Velev, Nefosh Yisrael. It's a piece of the Rabbanu Shalom Kivyochel that resides within the, uh, the kidneys and the heart of the Jewish people. And this is called the Shechina. Now let, let me try to explain a little bit outside what Rav Sadiq is telling us, then we'll see, we'll see together. So what is Knesset Yisrael? Well, again, what we saw in Halachi is that Knesset Yisrael does not really exist on its own. The origins of Knesset Yisrael is that it's part of that universe that's called Tyre. What does Tyre mean? So let's, let's, let's retranslate the words and we'll see where that takes us. Chazal tells everyone knows that, that Tyre is Chachmas Hashem. Tyre is the wisdom of God. Tyre is Who is the Rabbani Shalom? Tyre tells us who the Rabbani Shalom is. Tyre represents the Rabbani Shalom's light entering into the universe. That's what Tyre is. That's what Tyre is. The Rabbani Shalom, we, it, Tyre is not just simply knowing how to live according to Hashem's will to be on His good side. I, like, like we, it says in Pasuk, Anoich Hashem Alkecha, so Chazal say, Anoichi is Rosh HaTevis, I'm giving my soul over to you in writing. That's what Tyre is. Tyre is a way for the Rabbani Shalom to come into reality. But here's the problem. The problem is the Rabbani Shalom is, is infinite. That's, that's a lot to handle. The Rabbani Shalom himself. So what the Rabbani Shalom therefore did was to give the Jewish people, to give the world an ability to experience the Rabbani Shalom, to receive Hashem, to understand, to, 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 to accept Hashem's life. That, and that's also part of, the, what the Rabbani Shalom did is that I'm giving you everything, I'm giving you myself, but I'm also going to make sure that, what, that myself that I'm giving you is something that you can handle, that you can receive. And so what the Rabbani Shalom does is that he establishes in the Bria, he establishes in creation, a reality that is able to receive the Rabbani Shalom's presence. That's called Knesset Yisrael. So w- what is Knesset Yisrael? The function of Knesset Yisrael is something that's just able to receive Hashem's light. What is it on its own? Nothing. It's just there to receive Hashem's light. It's called the Shechina. It's called the Divine Presence, just to receive Hashem's light. Let's see, let's see how Ritzalik puts it. He says like this, by this last paragraph, Ahainu. Kibemis etzamar Hashem God that the, the light of Hashem is very, very great. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's purest form, in its you know, most potent form, it's impossible for the world to be able to receive it. Like the Pasuk says, that no one can see Hashem and, and survive. When we talk about Hashem, we're talking about that side of Hashem that's mamish, powerful and infinite and, and beyond our ability to truly perceive. 
Hayras Kedusha Bakalmakam Havdala, and that's the word Kaddish. Ha Kaddish Kedusha always means that which is that which is removed, that which is uh, beyond understanding. Shunidum Bunaidam, that's separate from people. Bainu Arasham is Brahanivdum Libas Bunaisrael. That's the side of Hashem that's unknown. But because Rabban Shalom wants it that we should be able to experience him and, to, and, and, and we should be able to, to connect to Hashem on our level. So, what Rabban Shalom does is that he constricts his light. He constricts his light. That it should be, it should be, uh, it should be constricted in such a way that we should be able to receive it. Not with such infinite strength. This, this side of the Rabbani Shalom to constrict his light, to make it a little bit more manageable for the reality for this world to, to accept, to receive, that's called Knesset Yisrael. So Knesset Yisrael, again, just like in Halacha, like, like we saw from just now the Magal Mukas, that Knesset, the Malchus of the Jewish people the Malchus Jewish doesn't exist on its own. The Malchus of Jewish people is just part of that universe of Torah. Let me explain. What, what, what's the job of the king? What, practically, what's the job of the king? The job of the king, like I mentioned on Shabbos, the Sanhedrin is the one that tells you what the halacha is. And the king now prepares the people to keep that halacha. So the Sanhedrin will tell you exactly what has to be done. But they don't care whether you can handle it or not. <laughs> That's not uh, I could not care less. I'm telling you the truth. The truth is, this is the halacha. Asr mutter. Now the king hears, then the king says, okay, you know, the Misa, the people are not, they, they, they're, not, they're not holding. So what the king does is that he works with the people to try to raise them up, that they should be able to receive the Dvar Hashem that was revealed by the Sanhedrin. And so this is the partnership going on. The Sanhedrin is what is the, is the source of, what, of truth. And the Melech, his job is to get the people to be able to raise themselves to a level that they could receive that truth. But what we, see, what we saw in the Ramam, interestingly enough, is that the Melech, the origin of the Melech, is part of the Sanhedrin. So what does that mean? It means, just as the Rabbani Shlalom is giving us truth, he's also giving us the ability to handle that truth. At some point, it sort of emerges on its own as if it's like us preparing ourselves, but it's not. It's the Rabbani Shlalom doing everything. It's the Rabbani Shlalom giving you truth, that's the Sanhedrin. The Rabbani Shlalom is bringing light into the world. But he's also, it's also the Rabbani Shlalom preparing you to receive that light. That's what Knesset Yisrael is. The Jewish people, Knesset Yisrael, and a collective whole level, what is it? What Knesset Yisrael is, is our ability to experience Hashem's presence in the world. That's what Knesset Yisrael is. And that itself is divine. It's, it's of divine origin. Just like the Rabbanu Shloilam, just like God gives of Himself to the world, He also prepares the world to receive His light, and that's called Knesset Yisrael. So what is the Jewish people? Nothing. What the Jewish people is, is nothing but a vessel, nothing but a lens. It's like a computer, think of it like a computer screen. Without a computer, there's all stuff going on in the computer. But if you don't have a proper computer screen, then you can't experience it. Then you're not going to see what's going on. So if you look at a computer screen by itself, what is? It's nothing. But when it's, fun, when it, but when it's put part of the system, then what happens? Then all this stuff that's going on behind the scenes that are, that's unknowable and uh, not relatable, all of a sudden it flows through the computer screen and now you, you can see it. The Jewish Knesset Yisrael is the computer screen. It's, computer, it's part of the computer. That's the point. It's part of the... the, the, the like, think of it like this. The Sanhedrin would be the computer itself and the computer screen is the Melech. 
So the the, the melech, be, it, it, the or, it all begins. It's all part of the same system. And as the rabbanu shalom comes into the world, bah, and the same rabbanu shalom then gives us the tools to be able to perceive him. And what is the tool the rabbanu shalom created in order for us to be able to experience him? That's called knesset yisrael. So that that's what the Jewish people are. The Jewish people are a people, and collectively, that's what we are. Is just one thing, a a, a an organism that's custom made to experience God's light. Nothing more, nothing less. And that's 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 what we are. And and it's it's and it's of divine origin. Just think about this. Only the Rabbanish Loilam can make an entity, right, that what that has the ability to understand the Rabbanish Loilam. Only the Rabbanish can do that, right? Only he can can constrict himself. Only he can 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 make himself knowable. And so that's what the Jewish people are. The Jewish people are are, are the lens, are the computer screen through which the Rabbanu Shalom enters into the world. And only the Rabbanu Shalom can make that. Only the Rabbanu Shalom can do that. That's why Knesset Yisrael is, is, is it, it's not man-made. It's not just a bunch of Yidin that we get together and we make a kingdom, we make a government, oh, now we have Knesset Yisrael. No. It's, it's of divine origin. And it has to be so. Because you cannot have human beings creating a, a, a system to experience the divine. You can't do that. It's impossible. The div- only the Rabbanu Shalom could create a system through which you could experience him. And that's what he did. That's called Knesset Yisrael. And this is why Knesset Yisrael cannot be destroyed. This is going, again, going back to all the weeks that we've been talking about. You can't get rid of Knesset Yisrael. It could change. It could shift. It could move from the outside to the inside. But you can't get rid of it. You know why? Because it's, div- it's of divine origin. How, why do I know, how do I know it's of divine origin? How do I know that this is, it's a metzius elokus, it's a divine entity. Knesset Yisrael is something bigger than, it's not, it's not a man-made thing. Because that's what, because its entire function is what? It's to give us the ability to perceive Hashem's presence in the world. No, you, we, can't, we can't create such a thing. You can't use, you can't use uh, all natural ingredients to produce something supernatural. It doesn't work like that. So if you want to produce something supernatural and other the ability to perceive the Rabbani Shalom in your life and to bring Hashem into the world, to allow the, 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 what's going on, the code inside the computer to be seen through the computer screen, then the computer screen has to be of divine origin. And this is what we're finding in Halacha, that the origin, and its ultimate origin, the origin of Melech is part of that world of Tyra. It's part of that world of Sanhedrin. So just like in practicality, the Sanhedrin is what? Is the source of truth. And the Melech is what? Is our ability to... To, to absorb that truth, so so too, there's the truth of Hashem. And the truth of Hashem is, is infinite. And we need, we, need our, we need there to be something to give us the ability to absorb that truth. That's called Malchus, that's called Knesset Yisrael. But it, has to, but it cannot be man-made. Just like in the beginning, Melech is part of Sanhedrin, like with Moshe and Yeshua, so too Knesset Yisrael in its origin is part of the Kaviyach, part of the Rabbanu Shalom. It's part of Hashem's it's part of Hashem, it's Kivyach, it's, it's how Hashem manifests in the world. There's the, there's the, the, the that, that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shekhinah. And this, ultimately, is what we're mourning over this time of year. You'll find all this, let's all talk about this, that this time of year is all focused on the mourning, on, on, on the Golas of the Shekhinah. The Golas of the Shekhinah. So, that's Hashem over time, and when we get to Tisha B'Av, we'll talk about this in more practical terms. But to understand the concept, what does it mean, the Golas of the Shekhinah? The goals of the Shekhinah means, simply put, now we have a better definition. Shekhinah is synonymous, equals, right? Equals Knesset Yisrael. It's the same thing. Knesset Yisrael means, what, are, what does the word Shekhinah mean? Shekhinah means Hashem's presence in the world, our ability to experience Hashem. 
What is, what, what is the mechanism in place to allow us to experience Hashem in the world? That's called Knesset Yisrael. The Golos of the Shechina, the Golos of Knesset Yisrael, synonymous, means our inability to know who the Rabbana Shalom is. Our inability to know Him. Does that, does that make the Rabbana Shalom any less? No. Just like not having the computer screen doesn't affect what's really going on in the computer. But what it does do is that, the, that we don't know what's going on in the computer and I have no way to perceive it. So I could create all I want. I could make all the kibbutzim in the world and I could make all the highways and byways and you know, traffic lights and I could do all that stuff and I could have all the government bodies in place. But it's all man-made. And if it's man-made, you can't... All natural ingredients is not going to create something supernatural. And so Malchus Yisrael, Knesset Yisrael, cannot be recreated through our efforts. It can't be. It has to, again, because it's of divine origin. Because again, what is it? It's something that, it's a mechanism the Rabbani Shalom created to allow us to perceive Him, and that's something only He can do. So, what, so what, what's our job? Our job is to create an infrastructure, to create an environment, to allow the Shechina out, to allow Knesset Yisrael to emerge. But what Knesset Yisrael is? Knesset Yisrael is, not, is nothing that you could point to. Knesset Yisrael is a divine reality, a divine entity. It, it's it's Kviyachal, the Rabbani Shalom Himself, allowing us to experience Him. That's what Knesset Yisrael is. And so, like I said, it can't be destroyed. It just goes into hiding. It goes into other places. Every time a person has any level of connection to something holy, that's because of the Shechina. That's because of Knesset Yisrael. Without Knesset Yisrael, then forget Kla Yisrael. Even you as an individual, you wouldn't be able to, keep to, to, to connect to Torah Mitzvahs. You could physically go through the motions, but in terms of really allowing your neshama to connect to the Rabbani Shalom through Torah Mitzvahs, that's only possible because there's an entity called Knesset Yisrael. We might not feel it, and that's what it means, the gullus of the Shekhinah, that we don't feel that connection, we don't feel, the, we, it's not, we don't see the, the, the lines on the computer screen. But, but again, it went into hiding. Any, our only ability to connect to the Rabbani Shalom on, on any level, on any level, even the deepest of levels, is only because there's such a thing that's called Knesset Yisrael. Without Knesset Yisrael, then the Rabbani Shalom remains infinite and unknown, and there's no melech preparing the world to receive the Pesach of the Sanhedrin. And, you, and, and, the, and then the Sanhedrin are just unrelatable. And so the Rabbani Shalom is unrelatable without Knesset Yisrael. Knesset Yisrael is the Iker. That's, that's the only way how we can perceive the Rabbani Shalom. And that's what we're mourning over this time of year, that, that, that reality, that computer screen, to allow us to have any level of connection to anything deep in the world, that's in Gullus. And we don't perceive it. We don't live with it. And that's, that's, that's ultimately the Chorb Mesa Migdash. That's what it's really all about. So just as it, is, it started off in such a way that the Melech was part of the Sanhedrin, and only later, later on does it seem to exist on its own, but in truth, it's just part, it's just part of that bigger entity from above, not from below. And that's exactly what the Shechina, that's what Knesset Yisrael is. No. So Hashem should help us, that the Knesset should come out of Golas, the Shechina should come out of Golas, we should be able to, to see who we are, to know where we come from, and, uh, and uh, be able to be Zechah to only share in Simchas together, be as Gold Tzedek, and here be Amen.